Well, howdy, y'all, and welcome to another edition of The Daily Grind. I'm your host, John Spencer, and joining me this week is my bestest friend, Maritza. Hey! Yeah, so join us as we help you brew your brain and sharpen your wit with some historical events, rundown on today's date, and just some random stuff to get your brain gears going. So we're glad you're with us. and I'm glad to be back. Yeah, it's good to have you back. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we'll cut that out. I'll get rid of that pause. <clears throat> and now it's that time to brew your brain. It's Monday, the 7th of August. And on August 7th in 1782... General George Washington ordered the creation of the badge that would become America's Purple Heart. Mm. And on this date in 1882, those Hatfields and McCoys started feuding right there on the Kentucky and West Virginia border. On this date in 1959, the U.S. satellite Explorer 6 took the first photograph of Earth from space. Mm. In 1978... Love Canal, New York, right near Niagara Falls, was declared a disaster area by President Jimmy Carter. Do you know what the Love Canal event was, Maritza? I have no idea. So, well, here's a little bit of history on this one. The Love Canal was a site of an abandoned canal. People just thought it would be a good idea to dump chemicals in there. And so they dumped over 22,000 tons of chemical waste <gasps> polychlorinated biphenyls, dioxin, pesticides, a lot of things that the Hooker Chemical and Plastics Company started dumping in there in the 1940s and 50s, and the drums started leaking and contaminated wow. soil and groundwater, made people all kinds of sick and everything else. Yeah, Love Canal. As a kid, I remember that stuff being on the news. Yeah. Wow. And on this date in 1990... Operation Desert Shield began in response to Iraq's invasion of Kuwait. Oh, wow. And also on this date in 2007, Barry Bonds beat Hank Aaron's home run record with his 756th home run. That's cool. Mm -hmm. And August 7th is Lighthouse Day. It's Professional Speakers Day. It's Raspberries and Cream Day. Mmm. And it is National Sea Serpent Day. So, sea Serpent? Yeah. So if from your lighthouse you see a sea serpent, you should take it some raspberry and cream. <laughs> They're really coming to you for advice. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Did you know, Maritza, that the first episode of Wiley Coyote and the Roadrunner, the very first episode was titled... Fast and furry us. Nuh-uh. Yes. <laughs> That's cool. James Madison was on the $5,000 bill when we had one. That was real? That's true? Yeah, there was a $5,000 bill and James Madison picture of it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know the name for that orange dust that gets left on your fingers and everything else from Cheetos? Uh, no, I don't. And I know you said this before, but I cannot remember it. It's Cheetle. 
Cheetle. Cheetle. Oh, I got some Cheetle. Yeah, that's that orange residue. U.S. Navy diving manual actually includes detailed instructions for escaping a giant clam. <laughs> okay. I know. I just think that's so weird. So, oh, wait, let me get my book out. Um, <laughs> the seven spikes on the Lady Liberty's crown represent the seven continents. Really? Yeah. Huh. Do you know where Gatorade got its name from? Florida. Mm-hmm. University of Florida Gators. They were the ones that started port drink. Hey, um, a pun, a play on words, and a limerick walk into a bar. No joke. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yes. Yesterday, Maritza, I accidentally swallowed some food coloring. The doctor says I'll be okay, but I feel like I'm died a little inside. <laughs> oh, man, John. <laughs> this is just a real thing, but it is so random. I, I couldn't make this up. The U.S. Postal Service began accepting parcels larger than an envelope on January 1st, 1913. Okay. Okay. Before then, bigger in an envelope, we're not taking it. So they said, no, we will, you know, handle packages. And so a few weeks later, two parents mailed their eight-month-old baby to its grandmother just a few miles away. Uh, the charge was 15 cents, and they insured the child for $50. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, a little while later, the Postal Service declared that babies could not be shipped via the U.S. Post Office. But somebody bailed their baby as a way to <laughs> get it to go see their parents. That's so weird. And now it's that time on the Daily Grind to enrich your faith. We're going to continue to look at Colossians. We're going to be in Colossians 1, 24 through 2, 5. We just wrapped up probably one of the most awe-inspiring Christological passages in the New Testament. Paul takes us on a journey, unveiling the wonder and the glory and the unmatched authority of King Jesus, the ultimate ruler and Lord of all. But that's not all. Paul delves into God's incredible plan of redemption. Now I rejoice in my suffering for you, and I fill up my physical body for the sake of his body, the church, what is lacking in the suffering of Christ. I became a servant of the church according to the stewardship from God, given to me for you in order to complete the word of God, that is, the mystery that has been kept hidden from ages and generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. God wanted to make known to them the glorious riches of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We proclaim him by instructing and teaching all people with all wisdom so that we may present every person mature in Christ. Toward this goal, I also labor, struggling according to his power that powerfully works in me. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you 
and for those in Laodicea, and for those who have not met me face to face. My goal is that their hearts, having been knit together in love, may be encouraged, and that they may have all the riches that assurance brings in their understanding of the knowledge of the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this so that no one will deceive you through arguments that sound reasonable. For though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your order or discipline and the firmness of your faith in Jesus Christ. Okay, so here's the picture. We were once at odds with God. We were separated from him. We were alienated. But because God, in his infinite wisdom and mercy and grace, worked out miraculous reconciliation through the flesh of his own body, he brought to fulfillment through Jesus Christ's death. We step into this section of the letter that Paul's writing, and he kind of shines the spotlight on his own role in God's grand redemption plan. But this isn't Paul, like I said, patting himself on the back. In the grand scheme of this entire letter, his role really seems a bit part. Insignificant compared to the overwhelming, majestic presence of Jesus. There's a couple of really big themes that take center stage in this message. And, and Paul moves back and forth really gracefully between them. First, we witness Paul's heart for the Colossians. Just goes from seamlessly with the essence of his desire for them. And here's the amazing part. Paul's never met a single member of this church face to face. He hadn't set foot in this town. Yet his passion just emanates from a deeply rooted, enduring relationship. And it's a relationship fueled by his commitment, his fervor for none other than Jesus himself. Jesus, you will find, is so central to everything that he talks about and that we are called to be a part of. Paul's message just echoes loud and clear. The profound mystery, the beacon of hope, lie in none other than Jesus the King. He's really kind of taken a shot at the Gnostics and their exclusive secret knowledge hype that they had going on. But beyond that, it really stems from Paul's personal marvel at the divine presence of Jesus Christ. And you know what? Paul doesn't shy away from proudly proclaiming his role as a minister of this gospel. Every ounce of suffering he endures, all for the sake of his ministry, is worth it, both for the Colossians and for Christ Jesus. But now let's untangle um, one of the phrases that he starts off here that I think is a little enigmatic, filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions. This one could be easy to trip you up, but let's get one thing straight. Christ's death and resurrection cover every inch of our salvation journey. No exceptions. It's all done. It's complete. It's finished. So what does this phrase mean? Well, Paul taps into, I think, an ancient Jewish belief that envisions a period of immense suffering paving the way for the arrival of the age to come, with the Messiah leading the charge. But here's the twist. For Paul, the Messiah has already braved the suffering and ushered in the new age. Yet, we're still grappling with the remnants of this present age. And that means that suffering continues. But it's not... In addition to Christ's suffering, it's an extension of it. Remember that moment in Paul's conversion on the road to Damascus? Jesus asked Paul, why do you persecute me? 
not the church. Jesus says, what you do to the church, you do to me. And so right here at the tail end of verse 25, Paul pulls out some really important concepts by unveiling the mystery that lay hidden throughout past ages and generations. Paul layers the suspense and he reveals that this mystery is one, it's a hidden gem of the past that's now brought to light. It was manifested. It's like a crescendo that's building up and it leaves everybody kind of on the edge of your seat anticipating what is the big reveal. So drum roll, here it is, unveiled with astonishing simplicity. Christ in you, the hope of glory. The Old Testament hinted at the Messiah's arrival to lead Israel and all nations flocking to worship on Mount Zion. So what's the big revelation? Well, brace yourself. Christ is not merely king, not just Lord. He resides within us. Remember that severed connection with God due to the fall, the relationship that Adam lost, well, this new covenant, restores that connection. And Jesus's cross not only lets us know God once again, but lets God dwell within us. And here's the kicker. When Paul uses the word you, it's plural. He's highlighting that Jesus dwells in the Colossian church, but he's also dwelling within each individual believer in Colossae through the Holy Spirit. Another nugget in this treasure trove is that the richness and glory of this mystery uh, isn't exclusive to a specific group. No, it's among the Gentiles too. So what's the big deal with that, you might ask? Well, in Colossae, the line between Jews and Gentiles had blurred, but there was still a lingering notion that the God of the Jews was a distant deity. For Gentiles, it felt like scraps were all that they were handed out. But Paul flips that script. He announces that the Gentiles aren't just joining the party, but they are seamlessly grafted into God's family. We're talking one race, one family, co-heirs with Jesus. So back to really Paul and the Colossians. Notice the immense struggle that Paul pours into this mission. He says, I labor, I'm striving, etc. Whose well-being is he laboring for? Whose growth is he putting his heart into? Whose struggle is he bearing? You know, this isn't just about sharing truth. It's about investing in someone's faith journey over the long haul. Paul's relationship with the Colossians isn't casual. It's deeply committed and it reflects his dedication to Jesus. The question for us would be just those same questions. Whose well-being am I laboring for? Whose growth am I putting my heart into? Whose struggle am I bearing? But there's a big crucial aspect here. Paul's striving is fueled by Jesus's power within him. Let's rewind back to chapter 1, verse 11. It takes nothing less than God's glorious might to grant us steadfastness and patience. And here's Paul. I mean, the major apostle relying on Jesus's power just to labor for others. So what's the takeaway? Even everyday tasks require supernatural power to have a lasting impact and to have eternal value. So why does Paul pour his heart and soul into the Colossians? It's because his mission. He aims to present every individual complete in Christ. I mean, that is the guiding of Paul's ministry. It's not about evangelism, discipleship, mission, or any other noble endeavor. It's about taking someone once estranged from God 
and introducing them complete and whole into Christ. And when that happens, God's glory shines brighter than ever before. And everything else, evangelism, discipleship, missions, whatever it may be, fall beautifully into place. Paul's unwavering commitment to the Colossians unveils a profound truth. In this passage, Paul describes two defining characteristics of a mature believer. One, whose faith is anchored in King Jesus. First up, we've got hearts tightly woven together in love. It's not about a casual, you know, hey, we all get along and like each other. It's the kind of unity that muscles share with tendons. We're connected both spiritually and practically. Spiritually, there's no such thing as a lone ranger believer. Our spiritual health and growth are linked inexorably to the well-being of our community. And then there's the glory of Christ. Everything revolves around him. You want a rock solid grasp of understanding? Seek to know God's mystery. Well, guess what? It's all about Jesus Christ. From spiritual wisdom and knowledge in the material realm, it all boils down to one person, the incomparable King Jesus. Thanks again for joining me on the Daily Grind. I have a favor to ask. There's a place for comments or questions here in the show notes. Take a minute. Leave me something if you would be so kind. Also, my podcast email address is there in the show notes. Drop me a line. Let me know what you like, what you don't like, what you would like to see more of, less of. And if you have good random thoughts or a good dad joke, share those as well, too. And please take a minute because it really helps to rate this app on whatever platform you're listening to. I really appreciate that. Grace and peace to you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I hope you have a great day. I'm humbled that you spent time with me on the Daily Grind, and I look forward to seeing you tomorrow.